the guys were so great uh, with Alaska Bucket List Adventures. They had snacks for us. They had food. My son found out they had a candy bag and he kept... He's John would say, you reel in this fish and you get candy. And so my son would reel in even. He's like, okay, for a Milky Way, I got it. I'll do it. everybody this week's episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and sam it's that time of the year when we're celebrating all of these alaska voyages as the season winds down and we can't wait to hear from all the people who've sailed on them i know and i am so excited for this week's guest because janelle has been on the show before she's been listening to us from the beginning we met her early on actually in our podcasting journey and she was on our show way back when Walt Disney World first reopened post-pandemic, or sorry, I shouldn't say post-pandemic, I should say mid-pandemic actually. But it's so great to finally have her back on the show. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk Alaska. Yeah. So we've got to, of course, start. It's been, like I said, a long time since you've been on the show. So we've got to start with your Disney creds and, of course, with a focus on your Disney Cruise Line credentials. I do know that you are, of course, a travel agent with or travel advisor with Dreaming About the Mouse. But why don't you tell us how you got into, you know, Disney and Disney cruising? Yeah, I got started with Disney um, because of my mom. She just loved everything Disney. We would go every few years to Disney, but that was really her happy place. And my days were filled watching VHS Disney movies. That is what I did as a child. So growing up, um, I wanted to pass that on to my kids. We became Disney Vacation Club members at Grand Californian. And then that tra- literally transformed the way that we travel. Um, we were not going to Disney once a year, once every few years. We were going many times a year. And we did the parks and we did the parks up like nobody's business. I mean, my <laughs> kids, you know, the parks like the back of their hand. And then we kept saying, I want to try this Disney cruise. I want to try, try cruise. And I remember telling my husband, I know when we go our first time, we're going to regret that we didn't start earlier. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, that was exactly what we thought. The first time we went, we went with our whole family. We had like four staterooms on the Disney Dream, did a double dip out of Port Canaveral. And it was just, we were absolutely hooked. Yeah. I mean, you start with like the cream of the crop being like a a double dip. (laughs) It was. And we were the first ones on Castaway Key. We even rope dropped getting off the ship. Like, of course you did because you're parks people. You start well, you were parks people, right? (laughs) Drop is a way of life, even on the cruise. Yeah. So then, I mean, that was 2019, though. So bad time to get into, you know, Disney cruising because then we had an Alaskan cruise book for 2020. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen. We ha- then moved it to 2021. Again, didn't happen. That's when we met you guys at Alani, I believe that year. And then we had it booked 2022. And then my husband got COVID literally the week we were supposed to leave. <laughs> so it was. it's not take three on Alaska. It's take four on Alaska. Oh my- oh so my yes, we finally made it on this year's cruise. And we got on a nine-night Alaskan cruise out of Vancouver on the Disney Wonder. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. And you also have been on the Disney Magic. Is that right? 
Yes. Yeah. We did spring break on the Disney magic, you know, kind of in the midst of COVID a little bit, but we had a wonderful time on the magic. I didn't think I could love a ship any more than the dream, but then I think I found out I like the small ships because the magic, we love the wonder and yeah, sailing out of Miami was great though. We did love that port. Awesome. And you have also sailed out of Galveston on a competitor line. Is that right? Yes, yes, because I'm a travel agent. I have to dip my toe in the other areas of cruising. And that was super fun. Royal Caribbean has a brand new terminal down there in Galveston. So that was a wonderful cruise and a great option for people that live, you know, really close to Galveston. Because, you know, for me in Colorado, it was really quick for me to fly down to Galveston and just hop on a cruise. That was great. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I'm going to try my first Royal Caribbean cruise this coming year in 2024. Brian and Nathan, as you know, already got to sail on the Independence of the Seas for a short cruise, but we've actually got two Royal Caribbean cruises booked. So I'm going to be not just dipping the toe, but maybe putting both both (laughs) in, I would say, a little more than a toe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. So we'll see. I'm excited to try it. I can't imagine that I'm going to love it like I love Disney Cruise Line. But listen, I I could see myself enjoying it. It's, you know, yeah. as a different product out there. You will. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got to, you know, of course, get to the topic that you're here to talk about, which is this amazing nine night Alaskan cruise itinerary. Of course, when we talk Alaska, we have to give a focus to the ports because, mm-hmm. you know, Alaska is all about the scenery, all about the locations, and of course, less about the ship. Not to say the ship isn't important, but there's so much, you know, going on outdoors that you you spend a lot of time at the different ports. So let's start talking. Let's start there. You are on, you get on, of course, in the beautiful city of Vancouver. Actually, I should back up and say, did you guys spend any time in Vancouver before the cruise? Obviously, you're coming from Colorado. So you're, you're coming from West, but Mm -hmm. it's still a, a ways away. Did you want to spend some time in Vancouver? Yeah, we had a great time in Vancouver. We flew in and had two full days in Vancouver before the cruise. We actually flew into Bellingham, Washington. If you're a Southwest Airlines fan, that is the closest airport you can get with Southwest to Vancouver. Turns out we had, my husband had his college roommate lives just right over there. So we actually hung out with them for the day in Northern Washington, went to a farmer's market, got fresh raspberries and blueberries. I'm sure you guys are well familiar with that. That was beautiful and awesome. Spent some time with them. And then we drove and then he actually drove us up to Vancouver. We stayed at the Fairmont waterfront and that was beautiful and wonderful right across the street from Canada Place there. And I know a lot of people, you know, are trying to figure out which resort to stay in, but we really liked that resort or hotel. And we just thought the location was great. The hotel Mm -hmm. was beautiful. And then the next, this was not pre-planned. So if we had to go back, I'd love to know this idea, but we rented bikes and we rode bikes all around Vancouver. Vancouver I love that very bike friendly city. There are even Mm -hmm. like stoplights with little bicycles on them that Mm -hmm. are for the bike lanes. I thought that was so cool. But you know, our kids are 13 and 10, both boys. And so our 10 year old could manage, you know, more of an adult bike. And Mm -hmm. it was really safe for families. Like I wish we would have rented like 
specific bikes, you know, from a bike shop and had them all day. But we just did the, like the bike sharing system. And we ended up riding our bikes over to Granville Market. Yeah. Like Granville Island. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing. That was so much fun. The scenery was absolutely beautiful. The weather was perfect. Then we rode our bikes back. We, you know, we felt like we were getting in our exercise before we were going to go sit on a cruise for nine nights. I think we rode the bike like eight miles that day. Wow. So I want to put this out there for people. Vancouver is not hilly like Seattle is, but it's not flat either. It is. (laughs) So while it is very, very bike friendly, as as you've noted, Janelle, with all of the the bike lanes and the bike signals and all of that stuff, it's, it's not completely flat terrain. So it's probably not like a younger kids, I would say that might be a little bit much for, but I think that's a great idea for getting around Vancouver. And I also like your plug for flying into Bellingham. So Bellingham is about an hour and a half north of Seattle, which means it's about an hour and a half south from Vancouver. So of course, depending upon traffic and depending upon the traffic at the border, because you're going to generally people are going to be driving through that that peace arch, which is the main sort of border control spot between the US and Canada up north at the northern border of of Washington and in, in Western Washington, I should say. That can take like an hour wait, not usually to get into Canada, but coming back from Canada. So you've got to build in extra time if that's the way that you're commuting. You know, if you're flying either out of Seattle or out of Bellingham following a a cruise from Vancouver. But I would not recommend renting bikes if you're sailing on a different cruise line out of Seattle. I don't recommend bike riding in Seattle because while it is bike friendly with bike lanes, it is not bike friendly with our steep hills. (laughs) It's good to know. Yeah. Well, as long as you're riding back and forth across town, it's okay. But yes, if you're trying to go up a few streets, it can get steep very fast. Yeah, very, very quickly. But I love that you guys did that. And I love that you went to Granville Island. That's such a great spot. Did you hit Stanley Park as well? Well, we did. And I I really wanted to go there. And we actually ended up there by accident. But I was like, where are we? And we found a little ranger and he pointed on the map. And I said, oh, great. I wanted to come here anyway. So we just kind of found our way there. And yeah, next time I would ride all around Stanley Park because I think that would be super flat. And you would be able to see a lot of ocean wildlife there and just there's parks and food trucks. And that was really fun. So we enjoyed that. We had some great weather that day. So that was a fun day. Awesome. There's also a great aquarium. I have to put in a plug. I would do that next time too. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Lots to do in Vancouver. Awesome. And lots of good food as well. All right. So you are boarding the Disney Wonder in the beautiful city of Vancouver with mountains in the background. Tell us, what did you think of the Disney Wonder? Because you had only been on the Dream and then more recently on the Magic, but not on the Wonder. And of course, her her, her interior is decorated differently than the Magic. And of course, she is that Magic class smaller ship. What do you think? We loved the Wonder right away. I mean, since we had just been on the Magic, it kind of felt you know, like home, we were like, okay, we're getting right back on a ship that we're familiar with. And we loved the decor. Um, We kept trying to go back and figure out which one we liked better. Yeah, the wonder is absolutely beautiful and so well maintained and kept up. 
Awesome. I love that. We are, of course, as you know, very big fans of The Wonder Ourselves. And we'll talk more about the ship later on in the show. But let's hit the ports because, as I mentioned earlier, that's kind of the star. The star of Alaska is her ports, as well as, of course, the day at sea where you're visiting the glaciers. But mm-hmm. tell us, where did where did you guys go first after leaving Vancouver? Yeah, so we left Vancouver and it was actually a very rainy day, the day that we left. And then we had a day at sea and then we went to Icy Strait Point and then Skagway and then Juneau and then Hubbard Glacier, then Sitka, Ketchikan, another day at sea and then back to Vancouver. So I always forget how many stops you have on a nine night itinerary, or I should say locations, because they're not all stops. But yeah. let's start. Let's start with Icy Strait Point, right? That's where you were first. Yes. And yeah, this port was, we didn't really know what to expect from this port. It's a smaller port. It's built more for cruise lines. It wasn't like a town that had really existed before. There's Huna down just down the way, I think a mile or two down the road. Um, but Icy Strait Point is was built by the cruise lines from what I understand. And I thought the town was absolutely adorable. You dock right there. Um, there was a Royal Caribbean ship in dock when we got there as well. And um, I heard Wes from the DCL dude ex- describe it like a little ski lodge town. And I think that's <laughs> a great description. It was a great port for our first stop into Alaska. I mean, there was like little fire pits going and, you know, like you could get coffee and there was all these cute little stops and sh- uh, shops along the way. It was just really, really well done. It almost felt like I was like, what if... Disney were to build like a Cassidy <laughs> Key, but in Alaska, like it <laughs> kind of felt like maybe that's what they would have done. Right. Like a little, a little touristy ski lodge town. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Like I could pick up on the little theming that they had around. It was really, really cute. So like there's, there's a lot of things to do there, but you know, not as much as like Juno or Ketchikan maybe, but one of the big highlights, they have this big, I'm just going to call it a Skyliner because we're Disney fans here. Right. I mean, you have a Skyliner that it goes, there's a little Skyliner that just hops to the other side of the island, no elevation gain. So you could take that or walk. And then they have the Skyliner that goes all the way to the top of the mountain. And that one you would have to pay for, or if you're doing the zip glider down the mountain, that's included in your cost. And that was our excursion that we had booked was this zip glider, which we kind of booked it because we were like, oh, that looks fun. And then, you know, as we were going through our itinerary, I was like, I don't know, maybe we don't need to do that. Like, that's not very Alaska. Like, who goes on a zip line in Alaska? But then my husband and I watched a video and he watched somebody do it and he said, oh, we're going on that. (laughs) I love that. Is it one of those like big, long, like single, like line zip line? Yes. So it is apparently the world's largest zip rider. I can't remember if it's called zip rider or zip glider, but it was so much fun. They would send six down at a time. And so it's the tallest. It would just drop you down. Yes. It would just drop you down. And it was so much fun. But I have a really funny story about this that you need to hear because we get 
on the ship and, you know, we're going through the app and we're looking through our excursions and, you know, it has like, you know, here's some things you need to know before you go. Well, I apparently had never read that section of our (laughs) excursion before the day before we go. And it says guests must weigh between 75 pounds and 275 pounds. And I looked at my youngest and I said, oh my gosh, how much do you weigh? And he goes, oh, I think like 72 pounds. Oh my gosh, I said, you don't weigh it. (laughs) We went to the health club and we weighed him. We got someone to go help us and weigh him. And he was 74 pounds. And (laughs) I said, oh my gosh, they're not going to let you on. Like he wanted to do it so bad. So don't think we're bad parents, but before we went in there, we put rocks in his pockets so that he would weigh enough. And sure enough, they did weigh him. They made him get on a scale and they weighed him before we got all the way checked in and got to oh go. Oh my home. God. Yeah. So that was really funny. So we were like, you got to keep the rocks in your pocket. Um, <laughs> you so also then- should have loaded him up with Mickey waffles that morning or something. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the night before at dinner, we were making him eat everything. We were like, finish all your food. You have to finish this. So just need one pound. I know, right? One pound. So we he's like the only kid we didn't let him take off his jacket or anything. We're like, nope, you're wearing your jacket. You're wearing your hoodie. Right. You have hiking boots. Like those weigh at least like a couple pounds, I feel like. Yeah. The weather was really nice there and Icy Straight Point too, which which was great. You're kind of, you don't know what exactly what kind of weather you get. You keep looking at the forecast and you just kind of have to be prepared for whatever you get. But we had great weather. But that ride was absolutely thrilling. It's hard to to describe how amazing it was, but it was, it was really amazing. And my son got to go with actually one of his new friends that he had met in the kids club. And that ended up being one of his best friends, that kid and another kid, the whole trip. And so it was really special that they got to do that together. So I would highly recommend the zip rider. That was really fun. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't have like weighted vests or something if you were close to the line uh, to help you you do it. Because the the weight thing is just to make sure you're bulky enough to make it all the way through the the line i would guess but i guess that too and then brian when we were about halfway down i looked over and i was like where's my son and he was like all the way further back than me and i was <laughs> like oh no it's because he took the rocks out of his pocket it's <laughs> <laughs> too late somebody's yeah. gonna have to climb up I'm picturing him tucked up in the harness and the rocks like falling out of his pockets <laughs> oh as he goes and like that moment of oh no i'm not i'm not heavy enough yeah you know, remind us who was in your sailing party and the ages of your of your son and, and your other kids. Yeah, so it's my husband and I, and then we have two boys, and they're thirteen and ten. And you didn't have the extended family with you we on this did. cruise. Yeah, we did not. So it was just the four of us. But we met some really good friends on the cruise, which is, I think, one of the great things about being on a a cruise in general. But then a longer cruise for sure. And your ten year old was old enough to do the zip lining. Cool. Yeah, he was. I did not see an age limit, but it did say 75 pounds (laughs) the first time around. (laughs) We're going to have to start fattening up Nathan, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It's funny. We've been talking so much now that, you know, whenever Alaska season comes around, meaning summertime, and we start recording these Alaska episodes with folks like you, Janelle, we start thinking more and more about how, how crazy is it that we have not sailed to Alaska yet? Yeah. You know, and Vancouver is just three hours drive from us of all the, you know, of all the sailings, the itineraries that we have not yet done. And so we have finally now kind of put it on the calendar for a couple of years from now. And so we've decided that 2025 is going to be the year of Alaska for the duo. So love it. You guys love a great. What, what were the other kinds of excursions, if you know, that were offered in Icy Street Point? Or was it more of a just kind of walk around town type of port? Yeah, I feel like if you did not have an excursion in Icy Street Point, I feel like you might be a little disappointed. Like if you wanted to take that day as kind of a chill day in your itinerary, if that was like maybe in the middle of your vacation, I think that would be fine. I definitely would recommend doing an excursion there. They also had, I saw kayakers there. There was whale watching from there. There was some nature things that went over to Huna. I mean, there were a few places to eat. We did go and eat at the Crab Shack there. I had read that the lines could get very, very long like during the lunch hour. So we went a little bit earlier than that. Didn't really have to wait too long. We had wonderful crab. It was really great. My husband had a Bloody Mary with huge crab claw sticking out of it. He really loved that. Um, So we did that. One of the things my kids loved to do was just the water was so calm and peaceful there. And there was all these just like round, smooth rocks. And they were skipping rocks for literally like an hour. It was just like so peaceful, so beautiful. It was just a good place to kind of like sit and chill. The shops were wonderful. And I would be remiss if I did not mention the little donuts that are on Icy Straight Point, because those are becoming a famous and you can get all these different flavors and they're mini donuts and they they cook them and bake them right there fry them up right there and you can pick your flavors and it was delicious our friends that we were with they kept going back for more because you got like bags of like six and that right. was simply not enough so yeah it's like the kind of donuts that you get at these like little markets right yeah. that- yeah, so we we have some of those in the Seattle area because there's a bunch of different sort of farmers markets around Seattle, as you can imagine, different days of the week. And some of them are all year long. Some of them are just sort of summer things. But the ones that are all year long all seem to have those little donut vendors. Yeah. But they usually only have like a couple different choices. It's like powdered sugar, cinnamon sugar, or plain. But they are really delicious. Those yeah, so donuts. I would recommend that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, you're headed next to Skagway. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. All right. Well, tell us what you all got up to in Skagway. Yeah. In Skagway, we had an excursion book through Disney. It was the Gold Fever, Alaskan Sled Dogs, and Exclusive Scenic Railway. I really would recommend that. So we had three, you know, kind of pieces of an excursion put all together into one. And I really did enjoy this excursion. We had some friends that went on the White Pass Railway as well, and they had kind of a different experience than us. Not to say it was not as good, but I, I really really did enjoy ours. We had a guide that went with us pretty much the entire time. So it was like a over six hour excursion. And all the guides, there was like another group too. They're um, 
dressed up to be in the time period of when gold rushers were coming up to find gold. And so she and they were very funny with their jokes. They had a lot of good humor to keep us going along the way. Her name was Batty Betty. And she was, she was a hoot. She matched her name and she was just a wealth of information. Come to find out, she actually moved to Skagway because she went on a cruise to Skagway and absolutely fell in love with it. And so they were buying a house like the very next day in Skagway. So it just shows like how much people can go and love the area. So with that tour, you get all three of those and you don't really know the order of what you're going to go on. The White Pass Railway will come right up to the cruise ports. Like there's different tracks and they'll come right up there. So we just walked to the train. She was our guide in the cabin. So we didn't have anybody like over an intercom, like she was in the cabin with us. And if we had questions, if she pointed things out to us, she was right there with us. I thought was really fun. She also um, gave us a snack halfway through. And then we even had lunch on the train. And she's just like a one man show, like pulling out all of this food and and snacks and the railway actually crosses into Canada for a bit. And so she even pulled out little plastic cups and like sparkling cider. And we did a little toast as we were like crossing into Canada, which was really cute. It was really fun. And that railway is absolutely beautiful. It's I think a lot of people do the railway when they go to Skagway. And then there's also a lot of other people. Another option would be to rent a car in Skagway. And then there's Mm -hmm. a road that would go virtually the same route as this as the train. There's even a train that goes further up into Canada. So there's quite a few options there. I think next time we would go, we would probably rent the car so that we could stop. There's Emerald Lake, which is further into Canada, I believe. And pictures of that are absolutely beautiful. So Skagway was the train and Skagway was absolutely beautiful, full of history. We stopped in a national park there and my son worked on the junior badge. There are some thriving because that's something that mom likes that he does, but maybe not him on his own. But we had some fun there in the museum and learned some things. Yeah, the wilderness must be explored. Yeah. And then from, uh, so the train, I think was like three hours, I think it was, but like very, just very scenic, very beautiful. It was mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. And then from there, we went to the Alaskan sled dogs and Batty Betty actually helped transferred us off to a husband and a wife team that actually work um, with sled dogs. And the husband had been on the Iditarod six different times. Oh, and wow. so he was speaking from experience about the Iditarod and just he had was filled with so much passion. You could just tell how much he loved what he does and how much he loves the dogs and So we learned a lot there. And then, of course, we got to meet some of the dogs. And then we got to see how they work as a team. And then we got to hold the puppies. Oh, the puppies is the best part, right? (laughs) It was it was the best. So they had a new litter. And this litter was named after sports heroes. So I went and found the Michael Jordan dog because that was my (laughs) favorite growing up. I was a big fan of his. So that was Again, just really great. Just felt like we were being, you know, in the culture of Alaska and what is important to Alaskans. So that was really awesome. And then before, let me, let me stop you there because I want to ask a question. So I know that some people 
always like, well, a lot of people are always looking for the excursion where they can ride the sled with the sled dogs. This one did not include that. Is that correct? Correct. This one did not. And I know that there were some excursions that you would get to ride, like the sled dogs would pull you, but then it was still, you were still down in Skagway. So you were on, you know, like you're in rocks and they would pull you kind of in like a golf cart-y type thing. So yeah, you could do that, but that would be like a whole different excursion. And then- I mean, obviously, then the big one is, you know, what some friends have done. It's gone up to, you know, a glacier and had like a... So, yeah, I mean, like, that's the ultimate. And I think... That's the ultimate sled dog excursion that I think people sort of imagine. But I I just wanted to clarify so that people don't get confused and book this one and think that that's what they're getting. Yeah. Um, And and that most of the... I will tell people, read the fine print on all of the sled dog excursions because, as Janelle mentioned... Some of them are where you're pulled, but you're being pulled in like a dirt track, right? Because you're not up at the in the glaciers where there's snow. So, and again, we had really great weather in Skagway. I mean, we could have been wearing shorts, honestly. (laughs) It was great weather. So, yeah, so you're not going to get that snow down like in the town of Skagway. And then the last thing we did was, you know, gold mining. So, again, Batty Betty was there, but passed us off to some other colorful characters who helped us learn how to pan for gold. And they did a really great job with it. I'm actually a teacher. And so I've taught Colorado history for many years. And we've taken our kids up for gold mining and panning in the rivers. And Mm -hmm. they did a really great job with it. I thought it was really fun, very informative. You know, that teacher side of me really enjoyed it. And we actually got gold out of our pan. And then I thought it was great. They put it in a little container for us and then they weighed it and they told us how much gold we had and how much it was worth. So, so I thought that was really well done. Did you get to keep the gold? We did. Yeah, we are. Oh, cool. $45 of gold we now own. So look at you. It's like, it's like the one bingo. Yes, I know, right? You didn't pan enough to pay for the cruise? Come on. Not quite. Not quite. A few, a few drinks of the day, but not the cruise. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all you need. That's about, what is that? That's probably about four or five drinks of the day. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So, I mean, and it was, the boys loved it. And yeah, we had, we had a great time there. So that was Skagway, just, just Skagway's full of history. There's so Mm -hmm. much history there. So, you know, kind of different than Icy Straight Point where there's not a lot of history to that. Where it was created for tourism. (laughs) Yeah. Was your next the glacier or was your next one of the the bigger ports? Yeah, next we went to Juneau. Yeah, so that was our next port. And that's something to pay attention to as well in your itinerary. Just know how many days you're going to be up and going and when you're when you need to get up and off the ship and make sure that you're, you know, can handle all that and rested yeah. enough because it was a go, go, go vacation. And so it was important to find some downtime too. But the next day was Juno, and this was truly my husband and my boys bucket list day. They were so, so excited. My husband's been wanting to go to Alaska forever. Like we almost went here for our honeymoon, but so, and we actually celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary with this cruise. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. So it's been a long time coming for him to go to Alaska and fishing in Alaska was just absolutely at the top of his list. And all the fishing excursions through DCL went so quickly. We just could 
couldn't grab one. And actually we did find one, but then we started digging and trying to find reviews and thought that that probably wasn't going to be the best one for us. So we Mm -hmm. found Alaska Bucket List Adventures, perfect name. And it's a private company out of Juneau for fishing. And we just had an absolutely amazing day. At the end of the cruise, this was everybody's favorite day, even my favorite day. And I am not wow. a I don't love to fish. I would not touch the fish, but I, I reeled one in. I did. Same. Same. I won't touch a fish. I'll reel one in, but I'm not touching it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just amazing. We had Captain John and then we had Dave was also there to help us. And these guys are retired U.S. forestry servicemen. They've moved to Juneau. They live in Key West in the winter. They have the life. (laughs) They live in Key West in the winter. I love that. Smart guys. Yes. I was like, that's what I want to do. But these guys had a beautiful boat. They um, were so great with the kids. And we were, you know, Juno also has the Mendenhall Glacier right there. And I just didn't put all the pieces together. But where we left from, it was Auk Bay. Mendenhall Glacier was right there. And so we could see the glacier from the boat. And that got me really excited because I did want to see Mendenhall Glacier, but we had a Mm -hmm. six-hour boat excursion there. And one of the things I really wanted to do was see whales. Well, whales really never got up on the excursion list because there's just so many things to do in Alaska. So... Mm -hmm. So we didn't do whales, but as Captain John is driving the boat, he's like, oh, look, there's some whales. Oh, my gosh. I'm not kidding you, Sam. We were around whales all day for six hours. It It was literally amazing. We did halibut fishing and salmon fishing. And the boys just were having so much fun. We're reeling in fish. Mm -hmm. And there was one moment where my mind said to myself, what is going on? Where (laughs) are you? And how is this real life? Because both boys were reeling in a salmon fish and I was filming them. And off to my right was an entire pod of humpback whales, bubble net feeding and jumping out of the water. I saw two whales breach and... I was just like, I mean, I was just in it's a in dream. Awe. Yeah, it literally was. It was. And the excitement level was just so high that day. The guys were so great uh, with Alaska Bucket List Adventures. They had snacks for us. They had food. My son found out they had a candy bag and he kept, he's, John would say, <laughs> you reel in this fish and you get candy. And so my son would reel in even, he's like, okay, for a Milky Way, I got it. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a barter system. Yes, one Milky Way, one fish. <laughs> it was so cute. And then, so yeah, we were just surrounded literally by whales all day. I mean, I watched them feed all day and saw how the birds and the whales work together. Well, the birds are probably cheating in on the whale system. But, <laughs> right, right. But it was amazing. We ended up seeing orcas as we went back into the pool. Uh, see, that to me, that's like the the pinnacle is seeing the, like, not to say that there's anything wrong with humpback whales they're beautiful but you can even see humpback whales down in mexico right like the pinnacle is seeing the orcas because those are a much more rare sighting and you really can only see them in the pacific northwest in in their 
you know, well, in, in their natural habitat, right? Amazing. Yeah. So that was just, that was absolutely amazing. And, and the two guys were so great. They offered my son some candy as we walked off the ship, off the boat that he had. And, and my son goes, that's okay. I already got two in my pocket. So <laughs> that got everybody laughing, but they, it was just fun. It was just like, we, you know, we had such a great, such a great time together. And it was truly what we wanted in Alaska. Looking around also at where we were fishing in between all these mountains. And then there were two other glaciers in addition to the Mendenhall Glacier that we were fishing between. It was it was just so beautiful. So oh, that sounds incredible. All right. I already wrote it down, Alaska Bucket List Adventures. And, yes. I, and I will tell you, Janelle, I also, you know, I'm not really, you know, a fisherwoman. So <laughs> I mean, they'll do whales too. And I even, you know, I was sitting up by John and he said, there's some whales up there. And I said, can you go over there? He goes, it's your adventure. He's like, whatever you want to do. So, I mean, they were so great about it, you know, so you could book a, a whale watching tour with him too. So but it was great to be able to do that. Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash L Duo, so they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode. So let me ask a question, Janelle, then. The fishing, how did you get the... Did they package up the fish to get it home? Did, well, I mean, did, I'm assuming you caught fish. So did they package yeah. it up? And did they let you, like... I, I've gone fishing up in Alaska where they'll let you, like, trade it out and order from a menu if you want some smoked fish or some scallops or stuff like that. Did, was that what you experienced? Yeah, great question. So we had to decide as we were headed out, are we going to put everything back in the ocean? Or are we going to keep it? And so my husband decided that he wanted to keep it. And Captain John works with someone that will clean all the fish and package it all up for you and send it home. So we just had a little form to fill out. And it was based, I don't know if the price was based on weight, probably it was, but we mm -hmm. ended up with, I think, three halibut fish and halibut fishing is very different than salmon fishing. Like the yeah. things yeah. that you need. I had no idea of all of this. I am learned a lot on that. And then I think we ended up with five or six salmon and we ended up with some good sized salmon as well. We caught my older son caught a few King salmon, but those have to be a certain length yeah. in order to keep them. And unfortunately they weren't quite that length that we needed to, but they knew all the rules and regulations. They worked with my husband so that we can make sure we had our fishing license before we even got on board. We did that online and just made that process a lot smoother. Um, oh, and awesome. he was really great to like, he didn't even take like a deposit. He was just like, you show up, I trust you, you know, this is how I run my business. And he was, he was just really great to work with. So amazing. Yeah. 
so then they mailed it. I assume they yeah. flash freeze it and mail it back to your house so that by the time you get, it's like arriving around when you get home. Yeah. It's usually flash frozen and vacuum packed and then, and then right. put on dry ice and ma- and mailed. Yeah. Yep. Correct. And then we got it probably about a week after we got back is when we got it. So yeah, it was, it was really easy for us. We literally just got off the boat and walked away and they said, we'll take care of all of it. And then we had fish in our freezer when we got home. So it was great. That's awesome. I would be like, give me all the halibut. You keep all of the salmon. I love halibut. And halibut is so expensive everywhere. I have to like, I only buy it at Costco because it's so expensive. Sam, I'll tell you this. Once you see an actual halibut, you may be less enamored with it. I know. They're not very pretty. I know. (laughs) They are not not a good looking fish. (laughs) That's too, Brian. The two eyes on the one side of their head. So creepy. So creepy. (laughs) And they don't start off that way. Their eye migrates around to the other side. Ew. Ew. Okay. Okay. All right. Very I don't want to think about it. I don't look at that. So I don't buy the whole fish whenever I get halibut. I don't, I only buy a halibut, like the filet. So there's no head to be seen. Nope. <laughs> I just remember the long pole with the shotgun shell in it. Cause they have to kill them before they get them in the boat. Cause they're so big that if they start, oh. if they start flopping around, they can rock yeah. the boat pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Okay. So after Juno, was that when you guys were headed to the glacier or were you headed to catch a can next? Hubbard Glacier was our next day. And this day, I really didn't know what to expect. I knew that when people go to Alaska and they see these glaciers, they're just in awe. And I look at the pictures and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So I really, I didn't really know what to expect. And we had our day started off very foggy. So we're headed up into the Hubbard Glacier and we're in just, you know, fog everywhere. And then eventually, well, so along with that fog comes the foghorn too. So we got to hear the foghorn every two minutes as we were going up into the Hubbard Glacier, which was funny because you're also, the other big thing of this day is your character photos. I mean, this is the day when you're getting your photos with your character's in their little outfits, you know, yeah. up, on, up on deck nine. So this is, this was the pinnacle, the day that I was so excited for. Right. I, the Fab Five are in their Alaska themed outfits. And it's the only time they're up on the deck in those Alaska themed outfits. And it might even be the only day they're in those Alaska themed outfits at all. I thought that too, but they actually were on, they actually were on in those outfits on some other days. And actually there was, I didn't know about this, but you could have got a picture with all of them in their (gasps) outfits in the atrium on, I would have to look what day it was, but it was like 8am. And I was walking down. I was like, what is this line for? That's what it was for. And there was some very smart people that knew that I didn't catch it on the, on the navigator. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so know that. So I was very concerned about getting all these photos because it's the only time you can get these. So, you know, Donald's in his little checkered buffalo plaid and he's up there and they do come out at multiple times. So there's a few schools of thought. If you try for those characters, like first thing at like 9 9 a.m., 9.30, but you might not like the background. Our background, we were in the fog still. I've seen other people that were just kind of in the greeny mountainy areas. Not You're not necessarily to the glacier yet. So there is a system to these characters and when they come out and they'll be on both sides of the ship. And then you just kind of, as long as you get in line for that character before 
the time cuts off. So it'll say like Mickey, 15 minutes starting at 9am. Well, you have until 915 to get in line for Mickey. And if you're in line before it's 915, you know, you're, you're good in line. So we were with some friends and we kind of worked together to hit the characters on both sides of the ship. Yeah. Cause if you've got Mickey at nine o'clock and if Minnie is at nine 30, you might not be done, you know, taking your picture to get in line or nine 15 or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. It happens even, even on in the silver anniversary at sea sailings with the characters, yeah. the same thing was sort of happening where the line gets cut off and you might still be in line waiting for that first character. So there is some, there's some staggering, I think, is one of the, a good strategy. Like you mentioned, if there's some morning ones and afternoon ones, maybe you hit half the characters in the morning and half the characters in the afternoon. Correct. You might do a better job with the staggering that way. Yep. Or if you've got another family that you're sailing with, that's probably another good way. You're waiting in one line, they're waiting in the other line, that sort of a thing, and you help each other out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so this was, and this is, I feel like, what a lot of people do on this day. My husband was joking. He's like, I wouldn't ever wait in a character line this long. But with yep. Alaska sailing by on the outside, he's like, I'm I'm here all day. I got it. I can stand in line here. And so, I mean, it was great. And you just, you know, you make friends with the people around you and you're looking at the scenery. And then there was at one point, I mean, then you start seeing little chunks of ice in the water and then, you know, you're getting closer. And that was just amazing to start seeing, you know, little icebergs in the water. And then the fog finally broke. We got some great pictures. We did all the characters that I told them, we're getting every single one. We are doing this. So it's the Fab Five plus Daisy plus Chip and Dale? Yes. Now, Chip and Dale were not up there. Daisy was. And actually, we did. I think we did miss Daisy. But we did get Coda the Bear, which I thought was really fun. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we got all the ones that we wanted to. And just the photographers take amazing pictures. They'll always take it with your phone, too, which is great for sharing, you know, with friends and family right away. But those professional pictures, plug for the photo package. I just think it's amazing. So... Oh, yeah. If you're going to get a photo package on any cruise, it should be an Alaska cruise. No question. I always think on the longer cruises in general, though, and any sort of longer, like a seven night or anything longer than that, um, that the photo package makes a lot of sense. Because by the time you hit like 20 pictures, you're actually already at basically the cost of the of the the unlimited photo package. And obviously buying it ahead of time gives you gives you a discounted price. Or if your pearl, you're getting it for free. So yeah, for sure. So and then the only excursion on this day is there's a smaller vessel, a smaller boat that takes some people out and gets you closer to the glacier. Now that I mean, you you need to, you know, be platinum probably to be able to book that right off the bat because that sells out right away. And there's some, you know, if you really want the character photos and if you want the photos with the glacier in the background, doing that excursion might not be the best idea because you are, you know, going to wait in the Walt Disney Theater to check in and then you're walking down. So you're missing a a lot of time up on deck nine. So I think Mm -hmm. that's just something to think about. we were we were perfectly happy to just be on the ship mm-hmm. that whole time. Our captain got us, Captain Fabian got us within a half a mile 
of the Hubbard Glacier, which is, we heard not very, it doesn't happen very often, depending on the ice, depending on the weather, depending on even if there's seals in the area, sometimes they can't Mm. get that close. And so it was truly amazing seeing the Hubbard Glacier. There's a lot of glaciers up there. We didn't, I don't think, realize how lucky we were to get to see the Hubbard Glacier. I, it was fantastic. We saw, you know, pieces of the glacier falling off, which is called calving. We didn't yep. know that either, but that was fascinating because you heard like a booming sound coming back <laughs> from the glacier when that ice fell off. And that was, that was just like a wow moment just to be there. So that was really great. Yeah, the day was absolutely fantastic. I do have to mention something else that I thought was just really fun. I'm all in for the fun souvenirs. They had this really cute little hot chocolate cart that was coming around on deck nine, pushing it around with these cute like tumblers, Alaskan Disney Wonder 2023 tumblers that you could get right there. Oh, so that's very smart. I mean, Disney knows how to sell stuff. <laughs> yes. But but also very smart because you are standing out there probably yeah. for a long period of time waiting, as you mentioned, in the lines and having a you know a cup of hot cocoa is perfect. Yeah. It was great. So yeah, so that was a really, really fantastic day. They did bring a, an iceberg, a small one or a chunk of ice up on by the pool deck. And so you could get your picture with the the iceberg. That was really fun. The kids thought that was great. The cruise director was around hanging out, talking to guests. And then that night was the frozen night, freezing the night away up on deck nine. And that was really fun. And then we also, that night we had dinner at Paula with our friends. That we had so yeah, so we had dinner up there. Isn't that nice when you make friends like so quickly that you decide you want to have dinner with them and you can just do that? I love it. It was. I know. I I know that you guys have done that too. And yeah, it was really like our kids, all three of the kids had just made such good friends. And then the adults just completely hit it off. And one of the um, kids' um, grandparents actually were sailing concierge. So he was like, I'll get us into Paula. When do you want to go? We'll, we'll make it happen. So that was really fun. And he is an expert in wine and taught us a lot about wine that night. And we had just a lot of fun with them. So it was fun. Obviously, that was a, a sea day, technically, with an excursion option. I'm glad to hear that if you don't do that smaller boat excursion, that it's still an amazing day visiting the glacier because, of course, we've heard from folks who've gone on that excursion and folks who haven't gone on that excursion. And so it's it's nice to get the differing perspectives. But your last port was Ketchikan. Am I right about that? No, we still had Sitka in between. Oh, my goodness. You still have Sitka. Okay, tell us about Sitka. Yeah, Sam, we felt the same way. As we were like counting the days, we're like, wait, is tomorrow like our last day? And we're like, no, we still get to go to this port. It was amazing. So yeah, our next port was Sitka. And Sitka, beautiful port, beautiful port. One thing to note with Sitka is if there is another ship in with you, you have to share transportation to the downtown Sitka shopping area. So if you don't have an excursion book, if you're just like, I'm going to go just hang out in Sitka, which is what we did in the afternoon, you're going to have to wait in a very long line. The ovation of the seas was in port when we were that ship is mega huge. And so the lines were very long. So I think that's just something to note 
and be aware of when you mm-hmm. go. We had an excursion book through Disney. We were doing the Tongass Rainforest hike just to try to get, you know, get out in nature. And it was an absolutely beautiful hike. We had a great guide that knew a lot about the flora and fauna. And we almost saw a bear. We we were on the hike and there was a family came down from the trail and they mm-hmm. said, we just saw a bear. There is a bear up that trail. And that is where we were headed. And so our guide was just kind of, she was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> she was like, that is the way we need to hike to get our transportation on the other side of the path. And so we had decided collectively we were good with, per, you know, going down the path. And so mm-hmm. we saw fresh bear scat right on the path, right where we were. And wow. uh, it was like this, we all wanted to see a bear, but not really see a bear. Like, right. You didn't want to encounter a bear. You want to see a bear at a distance. You don't want to encounter a bear. Yeah. So it was a very weird feeling, that whole part. But we were, it was very beautiful. Um, we learned a lot on our hike. It, w- it was such an easy hike. It was just a few miles, three miles, and it was very flat. Um, we got some wonderful pictures. We were next to the water. We saw some wildlife. Did not end up seeing a bear, but we were close. But that was really fun. So that was our excursion that we did that day. The kids were, you know, indifferent with the excursion. They were kind of like, we want to go to the kids club. So this was where we went back to the ship. We put the kids on the ship and mom and dad went out to Sitka and the kids were happy and we were happy. And so I think that's one of the great things with cruising is that, you know, then my husband and I were just left to explore the town on our own and, you know, leisurely shop where we wanted to and, you know, got some desserts and treats and things. And so that was just a great thing that we did. So yeah, Sitka was was really fun. It was great. There's totem poles there, a great little town to shop in and lots of things to find in Sitka. So we had a fun day there. So one aside question, which is, was this itinerary supposed to do the inside passage or not? I'm thinking not, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's been a little talk on, I've seen that on YouTube and Twitter and stuff. We did the inside passage and I know we were watching a YouTuber who had sailed on a seven night and they did not sail the inside passage. And he kind of thought that they should have. Captain Fabian had us down inside passage routes that I was shocked a cruise ship was going through. Mm -hmm. There were places where we just had mountains and land on either side of us, just so close to us. And that's one of the things that we noticed on this cruise. Like, you know, we love Disney Cruise because we love the ships. The ships are amazing and we love everything on it. But uh, we just felt constantly felt ourselves pulled to you know, being outside and being up on the decks and just seeing Alaska sail by. So I don't think every cruise can possibly sail that. I know one that went this summer that did not. And I'm sure that's based on a variety of factors. But we we were lucky to get to sail the inside passage in so many different parts of Alaska. There's been a discussion even in our Facebook group, because I think one of the recent shows we did on Alaska, they skipped the inside passage and it made the day very rough for the ship because they were out in the open open ocean there which is not the not the smoothest sailing in that part of the world and so it sparked a little discussion in our group about i think a particular captain on disney cruise line who seems to skip it more often 
the knot or misses the window that they have to go through it. And so, yeah, I was curious if you had made it through the inside passage or not. It sounds like you did. Yep. Yeah, we did. And we were very lucky. It was, that was just the day's sailing. We were, it, it got, it was just so beautiful. I know I keep saying that, but it's just, it was amazing. It was awesome. After Sitka, we know your last port was beautiful Ketchikan, of course, before you have to, you know, go back to beautiful Vancouver. I mean, of all the, you know, all these horrible places. We I know. About, you know? <laughs> but what did you all get up to in Ketchikan? And did you do another DCL excursion? Yeah, Ketchikan was a great city. This was our first rainy day of really the whole cruise. It had rained in Vancouver as we left, but every other port city was completely beautiful, sunny, great weather. This day it was raining. However, Ketchikan, that's what they're known for. It rains all the time. So I think that is to be expected there. So we got off, it was raining. What the excursion that we had booked was a boat catamaran to the Misty Fjords. And so this was a five hour excursion. It took quite a while to sail the boat on back to where Misty Fjords is. We had a great tour guide on our catamaran that was giving us lots of history about the native people, about Alaska. They were great to even go out of their way to find purple starfish for us because a grandmother wanted to show that to her grandkids. We saw really great wildlife, lots of bald eagles. We didn't really see whales and things on that particular day, but going back in the Misty Fjords, the name is just perfect. I mean, that is literally what it is. It was misty, it was rainy, and it kind of felt like you were back in, like if we were in Lord of the Rings or something, it's kind of what it felt like. It was just, you felt like you were almost on like a different planet. <laughs> a little, even like Avatar-y, like there was just birds living on the side of this huge sheer rock face of mountains and just the landscape and the waterfalls we were seeing, like it was really beautiful. I know another popular excursion is actually a float plane back into the Misty Fjords. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, when we go next time, because we're going next time, we've already decided that before we finish this cruise. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's that... It's that amazing. I think we'll do a float plane because then you can... The float planes we were noticing are landing up in those high mountain lakes. And so they're getting a completely different perspective. We're glad we got the perspective that we did, but there's way more to see and to do there. And then... So the Misty Fjords were absolutely great. Um, We had a lot of fun there. Um, Also, Ketchikan's obviously the salmon capital of the world. So that would be a great place to go salmon fishing. Uh, We did walk down Creek Street and saw the salmon kind of running up the stream as they were um, starting to do that. Yeah. So Ketchikan was probably not like our favorite port city. It was very commercialized. Like there was a lot, whereas Icy Straight Point felt like, you know, cute and, you know, touristy, but like in a almost authentic way, Ketchikan was a little more touristy. But so we enjoyed our icy straight point. We're glad we got out on the water again and got to see some beautiful areas of Alaska. Well, I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed Ketchikan, maybe not as much as the other ports, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a bad day by any no. means. Of course, the rain makes it, I feel like rain yeah. impacts your your enjoyment as well. So 
So let's talk about some of the stuff on the ship. We'll just do some like highlights. You know, obviously a huge highlight is getting all those pictures on deck with the characters. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the frozen night at sea. But what were some of the other things that were highlights for you all on board? And did you do any of the, were there there any other special activities for Alaska or for Silver Anniversary at Sea that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, great question. On our first day at sea, we did have a naturalist on board. And I think that's pretty standard for Alaskan cruises. And so he came on and had a slide presentation on things that we were going to start seeing in Alaska. And I thought that was a great way to kick off the cruise just with some information. That's why we knew about humpback whales bubble net feeding because he had taught us in that presentation on our first day at sea. And then so he did some stuff with, you know, sea life and glaciers. And so I thought that was a really nice touch. They also had a naturalist on board when we were at Hubbard Glacier. And she had spent extensive time in that area. And so she was actually on the intercom, like overhead at the ship, like telling us things that we were seeing and noticing. So I thought that was great of Disney to have those experts on board to help answer questions and to teach us about the areas that we were in. But... My kids love the kids club. My my older son was more, you know, in edge and he just had such a great group of kids that they all became friends on, you know, on the DCL app and had a group chat and they were constantly, you know, hanging out together. And that's just so fun when your kids can do that together. The Broadway shows on the ship were absolutely amazing. And that was just like, I think that was our, our Juno day. I think we... You know, it's just, it's so great to get off the ship, go have a wonderful day in port and then come back on, have your server team that knows you, knows what drinks you like, knows what food you like. They serve you this wonderful meal. And then you head off to this absolutely amazing Broadway show. And it was Mm -hmm. like, how can it get any better than this? Like, this is the way to go. So yeah, we did. We I only played trivia once on this cruise and that just shows like how much... Alaska kept tugging at us. We were just constantly outside trying to look at Alaska. And, you know, we weren't doing as much of the things maybe on, you know, inside the ship as we do on other cruises. Very fun, Janelle. It sounds like you had an amazing trip. I I have one question to hopefully wind us down here. But you mentioned early on that, you know, Alaska was the star of the show. And I think that was a premise of a lot of Sam's questions too, that, you know, the port excursions and things like that. And so generally, I would guess you're spending less time on board than you might on a Caribbean cruise or another cruise. And so I'm just curious, you know, looking back, Disney's a very expensive option for Alaska. Do you think that the value was there on Disney? Or would you consider if you're going back to Alaska sailing on a different cruise line? Uh, that's a great question, because the the price is so much higher than some other cruise lines. I think it depends on your family. For us with kids, Disney was absolutely the right choice just because of the activities and the things that our kids got to do. Our kids had just as amazing a vacation as a 10 and a 13 year old than we did as adults seeing Alaska for the first time, because the things that matter to them are their friends and playing games and, you know, having fun together. And I just, you know, they have not cruised on another cruise line. And I just worry for my kids, are they going to enjoy that as much on Celebrity or Royal Caribbean or something like that? And I, you know, for adults, 
yeah, maybe you do try celebrity or Norwegian or, you know, cause there's, a there's only three cruise lines that will take you up into um, Glacier Bay. And so if that's important to you, maybe picking one of those other cruise lines that go to Glacier Bay, but for us with our family, like Disney's always going to be the first choice for us. Well, Janelle, I think we have reached that point in the show where I need to hand you back over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, some arbitrary rules, and a dash of judgment or the round we know as rapid fire. So Sam, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Janelle, I know this is your second time on our show, but your first time doing rapid fire as your previous episode happened to be a bonus show. So we're going to do our classic rapid fire. And we're going to start off with who is your favorite Disney or Pixar or whatever Disney property character? It would have to be Donald. Donald Duck is my favorite. That's because he's number one. He is. <laughs> <laughs> he's Brian. He's one of Brian's favorites, I would say, as well. Um, all right. Well, what is your favorite Disney movie? And again, Disney means everything that Disney owns. Yeah, that would be Up. Up is my favorite Disney movie. I love that movie, but it's also the movie that I cry every time. Yeah. So I have to fast forward the beginning. <laughs> yes, my one B would be Ratatouille. Yes, yes. I know yes. you love that. Yeah, and I would put Ratatouille because I don't want to cry in the first couple yeah, minutes. I agree. I agree. Love Ratatouille. All right. What's your favorite Disney song? Happily Ever After. Oh, I love that. So yes. Cool. Okay. Well, speaking of music, of course, what is your favorite Disney cruise line stage show oh my goodness it might be beauty and the beast it's not might be I that's what it has to be <laughs> I think it is. It's so hard because i love the tangled one too but i think i'm gonna go with beauty and the beast yeah tangled one is fabulous as is frozen honestly yes. but i do think that beauty and the beast is the right answer so thank you for yes. thank you for having that answer <laughs> all right what's your favorite adult bar space on any of the three ships that you've been on? I don't know. I don't frequent them too often. So we go to, we went to after hours area and, oh, what's that one that we were in? Not the Cadillac so, Lounge. So you were on the Wonder. So you would have either been in the Crown, was Crown and Finn, whatever it's called, the pub. Yeah. There's, there's the pub, there's the Cadillac Lounge, or there's Azure. Oh, yeah. Um, or you could, of course, pick Cove Cafe because that's an adult bar as well. Oh, yes. I like that one. That one is a very nice theme. I'm not a huge drinker at all, but I do. The Cove Cafe is a great, great space for adults. I love that. Awesome. All right. What is your favorite space on any of the ships? I really enjoyed the French Quarter Lounge on this last cruise. And I believe it is worth noting that they had happy hour every morning where you yes. get a coffee and beignets for $5. And I yes. just thought <laughs> that was brilliant. So yes, it uh, is brilliant. And yeah. they are delicious beignets. Yeah. So that space I just thought was was beautiful. And they were doing trivia right, right in that space during happy hour sometimes. So that was really fun. Absolutely. That is a great space. All right. Favorite rotational dining. Oh, you know, this is hard because you've been on now that you've been on the classic ships, it becomes, I think, harder. I know. I Tiana's place like completely blew us away. The last night on Tiana's place, 
we had so much fun because, you know, that's that big Mardi Gras celebration. Oh my goodness. That was a ball. We were laughing and just had so much fun. Our servers were getting us up out of our seats and it just, and that was our last night. That was our last Mm. dinner. And it was perfect. It was a perfect way to end our cruise and our vacation with our servers. And so I think that will always be a really great memory for me. That was a lot of fun. I love that. And I love that you got to go to Apollo for dinner, but you didn't miss Mardi Gras night. Yes. That's like the one night. The The entertainment is just so much fun in, in Tiana's place on that night. That's, yeah, that's my favorite night on The Wonder, generally speaking, is, is that night. Yes. Uh, even though I will say it's actually not my favorite food on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> oddly enough. Oddly enough. All right. What is a favorite activity that you like to do on board a Disney ship? I love playing trivia. I have never won trivia. I have not won yet. I'll say it that way. But I love playing it. I just think that is a lot of fun. On our last cruise on the Magic, I was up and down everywhere playing trivia as much as possible. My husband, his favorite activity would be to sit on deck four and just watch, you know, Alaska go by. I mean, that's what we did a lot on this cruise. And we just, you know, we found we spent a lot of time on deck four because Alaska was sailing by where we didn't do that, you know, on our other cruises down in the Caribbean. Absolutely. All right. A controversial question. Okay. Aqua Dunk versus Aqua Duck. I know you haven't been on the Aqua Mouse yet. So I'm excluding that from the question. Yeah. I have done both. I was really proud of myself for doing the aqua dunk. That was thrilling. And, but I just think I like the aqua duck better. I'm proud. That is the right. I did the dunk, but I think that might be one and done for me. That is the right answer. Congratulations. (laughs) That is the one and done. The aqua dunk is a, you must do it once because to say you've done it. I did it. it is a one and done. That is right. Uh, Brian will disagree, but he can sit there and be wrong in his wrongness. <laughs> All right. Another controversial question. Now you've been on two classic ships, one dream class ship. So two magic class ships, one dream class ship. Which one is your favorite? That is a hard question. I feel like a lot of people go back to their first ship as their favorite. Yeah, that's um, true. That's a very popular answer. Yes, it is. But I really... I, the magic class ships just are awesome. I love them. I didn't think that I would when we went on them. I think I'm going to have to go with the wonder, but Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the one I've spent the most time on and obviously the most recent, but this is a question that I will continually ponder as we get on all of the ships. Our next cruise is actually on the wish. So we're excited. Oh, fantastic. That and but I loved being on the wonder. It was awesome. Awesome. I love it. I I mean, that's also the right answer. But <laughs> I, you know, they're they're they all have something amazing they about do. them. And yep. it's like different personalities, it's like different children, right? Like they all have their own, you know, feel and, and flavor. And so Agree. You can love you can love them all and still have a favorite. Agree. Especially if you only have one child, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Last question. Bucket list cruise. If you can go anywhere in the world on a Disney cruise, where are you going, Janelle? That is such a great question. Because when we were on our cruise, we were like, all right, what big one are we doing next? What are we doing next? And I really think our bucket list one is probably Norway, like the northern 
European is what we're really, and I think that's more of a bucket list. We really want to do the Southern Caribbean. We almost Mm -hmm. have 10 nights Southern Caribbean booked. I feel like we'll get to that one. I just feel like that Northern Europe, Norway is a little bit more of a bucket list item. Especially if you loved Alaska as much as it sounds like you did, because the they have that. I mean, we haven't been to Alaska yet ourselves, or I, Brian has been to Alaska, but not on a cruise, and I have never been to Alaska. But they do have. There's a lot of overlap in sort of the type of excursions. It's a very outdoorsy, you know, mm-hmm. feel and all of that. So I do think there's quite a quite a bit of similarity there, and we can't get. We can't wait to do one of that one of the northern ones that goes also to Iceland. Since we've done Norway, we want to also hit Iceland and maybe even a stop in Sweden. So the the longer itineraries tend to do that. So okay, someday. that's what I want to do. That cruise, Iceland, awesome. Norway, Sweden. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing, Janelle. You have clearly won Rapid Fire. Yeah, you you didn't even you had mentioned before we started recording that you hadn't you had meant to like sort of study and decide on your questions and you hadn't done that. And I'm actually really proud of you because you didn't do that. And you still won Rapid Fire. That is awesome. Thanks, Sam. I love that you uh, portray that there's some sort of objective winners list here. Yeah. Are we are we are we yeah. etching names in a wall somewhere in my house that I'm no, no, not aware only, of? Or, no, or? I, like I always like I like to say in certain shows, the winner is always me. So <laughs> I think we're gonna have to make a T-shirt that says "Rapid Fire Winner" and uh, mail that out to uh, the quote unquote contestants. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I like it. Well, Janelle, as always, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share your fabulous experience in Alaska with us. So we just super appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Yeah. It was fun. And Janelle, why don't you tell folks where they can connect with you if they want to book a Disney vacation or another vacation with you? Yeah. My email is Janelle, J-A-N-E-L-L-E, at dreamingaboutthemouse.com is the best way to get a hold of me. I also have a Facebook page, Dreaming About the Mouse Travel. Janelle Howell is on Facebook. And I'm also on Instagram with the same name. Awesome. Thanks again so much. Yeah, thank you. Well, a big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the 
Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.